Hello, you're listening to Reb Brad and the Soccer Chaplains United podcast from the Touchline. Unless you've been living under a rock, you know that there's heartbreak in England and jubilation in Italy after this weekend's Euro 2020 championship final. And today on the podcast, I want to reflect on the month-long tournament. Let me ask you, what storyline has most grabbed you during this past month? Is it the Italian Renaissance under Roberto Mancini? Is it the end of the English 55-year drought of making a Euro or World Cup final? Or was it the horrifying collapse of Christian Eriksen to the pitch in Denmark's first group game on day two of the tourney? Or perhaps there was another storyline that lifted your spirit or broke your heart. Give it a thought, and when we come back in 30 seconds, I'll share the storyline that has affected me the most. He's found the space, and he's found the back of the net! Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him in, and they have! He has the hat-trick! The second in his career! The third of the night! The hat-trick hero! Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. the corner, goes towards the near post, and you're the angle, and what a goal! What a goal! A funny thing happened after church on Sunday. I happened to be wearing a t-shirt with the England badge on it, and the family and I had picked an Italian bistro to have a bit of lunch at. As we walked in from the car, I told my girls, my family, I said, watch, someone's going to say something about my shirt. Well, we hadn't walked but a few more steps in the parking lot, and we're still outside the restaurant. Someone shouted, go England! My teenage daughters were mortified, and my wife and my other two girls laughed at my prediction. We were promptly seated, and with England's early goal, we gave a shout and a clap. It was a good fun, and the other patrons were mildly surprised. Oh, the heartbreak, though. I have to confess, I know more English people than I do Italian, and so my cheering for my friends and for their national team... Uh, which hadn't been to a final in so many of their own lifetimes, was part of my motivation. But England's march to the final isn't the headline that most grabbed my attention or my heart during this year's version of the Euros. It was actually Christian Eriksen and his on-the-field collapse. Certainly, Denmark was motivated and they played for Christian. And for much of the football world, I think many of them were behind the Danish people, rooting them on from the mere fact that Christian was almost lost to us. It was really difficult to see Christian fall to the pitch. In that moment, as I watched, and I was, as I was praying for him, I was reminded of what happened to Fabrice Mwamba a few years ago, uh, the Bolton Wanderers player who collapsed during an FA Cup match. It also reminded me, uh, for, for the Rapids, one of our own coaches who collapsed during a pre-match warm-up a few years ago. He was okay. Dehydration was to blame. Also close to home more recent was the loss of former Rapids midfielder Colin Clark at age 33 to a heart attack. In that moment, watching Erickson, I selfishly prayed, Lord, I pray that this never happens to someone in a game under my care as a chaplain. Erickson's collapse was a moment when we all might be reminded that there are things that are quote-unquote greater than football. It makes the oft-repeated Bill Shankly quote, seem puerile and irresponsible. He, he once said, some people believe football is a matter of life and death. I'm very disappointed with that attitude. I can assure you it is much, much more important than that. Childish. As the stories have come out in the aftermath, in seeing uh, sort of the, the tweets and the responses, I've been curious to see what many might say. Denmark manager Casper Hulman 
It was a really tough evening on which we've all been reminded what the most important things in life are. ESPN's Derek Ray, the, uh, one of the guys that was commentating on the game, our hearts go out to Christian Erickson, but he has the support of a nation and I'm sure the support of the football world, Ray said. But it does indeed put everything into perspective. We go up and down and extol the virtues of this game of football, and it is a wonderful game that we all relish. But at the moment, we're not really thinking about what happens between the white lines. Even for Fabrice Mwamba, who I mentioned earlier on Twitter, simply tweeted out, Please, God. The most important things of life. Everything put into perspective. Please, God. Comments. Social criteria and, and comments made about what had happened. If you were watching, I wonder, how did that moment make you feel? I couldn't help but watch Erickson's eyes as he collapsed. I prayed, Lord, don't let this be the end. I, I wanted to leap up and, and try to help. I've been in those stadiums before. I've been on those sidelines before. And it comforts me to, to know that, that people saw what was going on and rushed to his aid right there. And and to, to be a month on from it now and to hear reports of his recovery, though I still feel sad for what he went through and what he endured. But I think it begs the question, do you and I know what the most important things in life are? Do we have a handle on that sense, that quote-unquote right perspective? You know, what if a collapse like Erickson's ever happened to you or to me? Would we be ready? Would our family and friends know we love them? If we never got a chance to say goodbye, if we never got that last moment, you know, we, we always imagine how it will end, how it will be. But are we ready for what lies beyond this life, this world? Would we be ready in a moment like that to face God? Do we even believe in God or in a life after this one? I think that adds complexity to this reflection, to this, to this idea. As a Christian person and as a chaplain, of course, my reflections go back to Scripture. And, and as I watched this, as I thought through this, I, I began thinking about what different things uh, the Bible might say to the questions that kind of swirl around moments like these. And I, I think that there are some different ways to consider, and, and maybe there's some different ways we could be comforted in times like these from the pages of God's Word to us. For me, though, I kept landing on this idea of readiness. And I wanted to share part of what uh, I shared amongst the athletes of the team that I serve, that I work with most recently. I wanted to share some of those thoughts and, and expound on it a little bit. James, the apostle, the half-brother of Jesus, he, he wrote the book, The Gospel According to James. When he was writing to Jewish Christians during Roman times, he understood the fragility of life. And he wrote to them as a bit of a warning. L listen to this, he says. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. James chapter 4, verses 13 through 15 is, is what I've just kind of read to you there. And in that passage, James touches into the ancient wisdom literature 
that his listeners would have been familiar with. He reminds them with words and wisdom from of old. Words like this, words from Solomon, the wisest person to ever live, writing Proverbs 27.1, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Or Solomon's father, David, King David, the, one of the most successful kings in the Judaic line. You have made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Everyone is but a breath, even those who seem secure. Psalm 39.5 Going way back, Job. Job, the ancient one who went through such trouble and difficulty, writes in Job 7.7, 7, Remember, O God, that my life is but a breath. My eyes will never see happiness again. Even the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 2.22, Stop trusting in mere humans who have but a breath in their nostrils. Why hold them in esteem? I think for James' listeners, even the words of Jesus would have come back to their memories, would have come back as James instructs them. The Gospel of Luke records this in chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. Jesus is speaking, and someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Jesus then came back and replied, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. You see, my friends, there's a fragility to life that I think we rarely think about especially in professional football, especially in, in first world kind of condition. Uh, footballers are our peak performers, We're elite in health, excelling in training concepts and fitness science, having top-notch medical resources all around. Many in football too, they, they have wealth, they live comfortably. It can, it can be difficult in those circumstances to see or feel any sort of need for God. I'm reminded of the years that I spent as a chaplain, uh, bo both to the team and in hospice. And that hospice work that I did always reminded me of the fragility that we have as human beings. In a moment, there were young people that I served in hospice. There were older people that I served. But in truth, life is fragile. And in truth, we need God. We need Jesus. Well, I pray that you and I might be rightfully aware of these things. I pray that you and I would learn to savor the moments, the time that God gives to us and for us, that, that we might always be in a state of readiness, whether we live or die tomorrow. I pray that we would live in a posture in such a way that allows for God's will to happen in our lives, in spite of our many plans. 
Well, in conclusion, friend, let me close with a prayer. Adapted from the prayer of Moses, you can find uh, remnants of this or parts of this in Psalm 90. Teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Father God, you have been our shelter, our house, our stadium ground, as it were, since before we were born and will be until long after. We are fragile and frail. We might fall or collapse at any moment. Our moment may come even between the lines of the pitch. Our moment may come in a span it takes to fall to a fresh cut grass. You know the moments destined for us, the span of our lives. For some, death may come in old age and in our sleep. We imagine, if we dare, that this is the way we will eventually meet you, our maker. But it might be in the spring of our youth. It might be in the autumn of our career. It could come in summer or winter season of the soul. We just don't know. Like a coach, a gaffer who can spot every physical and technical flaw in our game. You see the sin and mistakes that ruin our lives and mess up our hearts and minds. We run for our lives. We train all day. And at the end, we finish with a whimper and a moan. We think we're invincible, but really... We've got 70 years, maybe 80 with good health care, good genes, and all the rest. It's not really much time. Not much time in light of eternity. And with the toil and travail of football, our lifespan is likely shortened anyway. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to be aware of life's game clock that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Ease up on us, Gaffer. Have compassion on us. We want to do your will, O oh God. Each day, remind us of your love, that our hearts may be light and we may be joy-filled. Let us see the benefits, the hard work, pay off, the discipline we've undergone. May it pay off on and off the field in our marriages, in our families, in our lives. Bless us. Affirm the work of our hands, really the work of our feet. Yes, let us know it is worth it. Let us know it is worth it. Amen. Friend, thanks for listening. This is Rev. Brad coming to you from the Touchline. Thank you.